Welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. This is a true crime and disaster topic podcast where we talk about all things horrible, whether that be a natural disaster that was rooted in human-caused error or whether that be a true crime, murder cases, all that stuff. Uh, I'm your host, Emma Sexton, and today I am joined by the lovely Emily Crawford. She has been on this podcast before when we talked about the vampire of Dusseldorf and... That was an incredibly uh, gruesome and terrible episode. Wouldn't you say so, Emily? I would. I would. Yeah, that was... I. My mom... <laughs> shout out mom. Uh, listens to all the episodes of the podcast. And she literally came up to me after listening to that episode. And she was like, Emma, that was really dark i couldn't (laughs) i couldn't finish it because it was too disturbing and i was like oh yeah that was the first episode that we had emily into honestly i'm so honored (laughs) to be on the worst episode of this podcast in terms of content yes yeah i caitlin was like talking to me when we had her on for the bonus episode and i was like caitlin you're never gonna believe but you've been topped as the person to have the worst case on this podcast it is now officially gone to emily Honestly, I feel so special, but I think we're ready to switch it up. (laughs) We're ready to do a different kind of case. So last time Emily was here, we did a a case about a serial murderer who liked children (laughs) and drank people's blood. Yeah. Not ideal. Um, But today we're actually going to be doing an I Survived case, which I'm extremely excited about. Those are my favorite. I love those. I I live for them. Did you ever watch I Survived when you were a kid or anything like that? Um, I did not, but I do enjoy a good... A good survival of a survival. Yes. Yes. I 100% agree with you. And um, th- I feel like the first one I ever heard was Jennifer Mori, her story. She um, basically survived being attacked with a knife and uh, sexually assaulted by someone in her apartment building. And um, I heard her about her on another podcast and I was just like absolutely enthralled with her story. Right. And then we also talked about, We've done like two other episodes where they're survivor- survivors. We did this case of um, Terry Jindusa Nikolai where she survived being shoved in a trash can and left there in freezing temperatures for like 12 hours. That's insane. Like, No, some people, people can really like survive. Because I, I look at these cases, I'm like, nope, no way. I know. I'm like, I, sometimes I try to put myself in that position. I'm like, would I ever make it out of that? But I think it's more like... Yeah, it's like a will to like, no, I'm not dying here. Yeah, and I just realized when we were talking about it, like right now, that the two cases that we'll have done that are fully on I Survive um, stories are going to be this one, which is about a pregnant woman. And she talks about the fact that she wanted to fight for her kid. And that was the reason yeah. she was able to get away. And then Terry Jindus and Nikolai talked about how she was able to sit there in that trash can for so long, getting frostbite in, because she was just thinking about getting out and being there for her kids. It's like, it's, Honestly, the mind over matter is a big part of it. It's like obvious, so like uh, there's a part of it that you can't control, but then there's like the will to like get out, and for like what reason and like what's driving you to like get remove yourself from that situation that can make all the difference. Because if somebody kind of like loses that like all the, like the hope, will to make it, yeah, they lose hope, then it's like their fate is their fate is sealed. But your inner author is coming out, Emily. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I just think it's so inspiring. Like, I don't would I be able to do that? Like, that's insane. Yeah, I just think about the fact that like I, I mean, I need to take like a nap a day to make <laughs> to yeah. make it through the day. How how would I possibly be able to survive so, an attack? You know, like yeah, I oh I tend to think about that because you know as a college student, there's times where you're, you're alone, you're walking through campus or mm-hmm. some area that you're not 100% certain of and you kind of get that thought in the back of your mind like am I safe am I gonna be okay if someone came up and tried to grab me what would I do yeah I always think about that like if like in this situation right now if this happened like would I be prepared like what would I do and like I, I just subconsciously think about that all the time so I'm like I'm prepared but like it's kind of just like you have to tell yourself no like I'm not going to let this happen. Like, I'm going to get out of the situation no matter what I have to do. And I just always think about that in the back of my head. Like, what would I do? Have you ever been in, like, a scary situation where you thought possibly someone was following you or you could have been in a situation of being attacked? No, okay, not off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's been, like, situations where somebody comes up to me on the street or, like, I think they're following me and then I get, like, what if? But nothing, like, insane to the point where I'm, like, I was convinced that I was in yeah. danger. It's more like, oh, this is a little concerning. Some people try to talk to me. Like we've had some like situations like that together, and we like, but Wait, what? Like when people come up to you on the street and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to tell you guys this absolutely <laughs> insane story about Emily and I. It's Emily, honestly, the, a little um, iconic. The clown story. The clown story. The clown story. Okay, so um, if you guys don't know this band. 100% recommend looking them up. But um, Emily and I went to go see the band The Lemon Twigs. Yeah. And we waited to go there. Um, we, like, we were excited. We were, like, front row right against the... Barrier? Concert, yeah. Against the, the... Yeah, the barrier. We were, like, living. We had a great time at the concert. So afterward of course we're like oh my gosh we should meet the band it's like two guys that lead this whole thing so mm-hmm. and it, and the venue wasn't huge you know no it was small and like it wasn't like they were like insanely popular like it was doable like yeah it was a thing it wasn't that we like could achieve. let's meet harry styles yeah uh, which yeah we will one day <laughs> we definitely will but it was more like okay you could stay after and maybe and i had met them before at this point because i went to their show a year earlier and had met them after they came out mm-hmm. um in that so i was like oh we'll just do the same thing and we were in los angeles at this point what do you remember what the theater was i don't i just remember it was a weird area (laughs) yes it was a very weird area honestly the concert venue like it was the something hall it was like a weird i'd never been to it before usually when i go to a concert in la it's at like the roxy or the greek or something like that yeah or this was i never yeah the will turn i'd never been here before yeah so we're just like waiting outside on the side of the street and um it got to the point where it'd been like 45 minutes after the show and like no one was really coming out yeah there was this one guy who walked past us and he was like what's your names what's your names and we were like <laughs> lauren i was like jessica or something <laughs> we just lied like i feel like that says a lot about our friendship that we both instantly just lied about our names yeah we lied about where we're from i don't remember what we said but we did not we say. were making this alternate persona i was like hi my name is lauren i'm from <laughs> beverly hills california <laughs> yeah and he was so like 
persistent about like giving us a fist bump or something he kept yeah. doing it over and over again and like i remember this guy <laughs> that we like we like made friends with this couple in the concert and yeah. they walked by and they waved and we were kind of like giving them the eye like please help us and they just didn't realize what was going on and at this point in time we were both were we 16 uh yeah we were 16 we're 16 that was our Which first time driving whole, to LA. Oh my gosh, yes. That was our first time we ever went to a concert. I just gotten my license. Yeah. So it was the first time we ever driven to LA together, which we have done many times now, but this was we were fresh yeah we were 16 which raises another question of why we were on the street in la yeah. at 11 30 were we thinking honestly yes so we were waiting there this guy comes up to us he's persistent about giving us a fist bump yeah. we're like but eventually he walks away and we're like okay it's, everything's fine and guys i'm telling you this actually 100 happened like it sounds crazy but it happened there's no way we can make it up no so we're standing on the side of the street and then all of a sudden i look over like to my left and we're like kind of near a bar and i was like emily there's somebody dressed as a clown over there <laughs> it was a surreal moment it was weird it was surreal and we look over and there's just a guy dressed as a clown and then another guy dressed as a clown comes up and starts talking to him <laughs> and then we look over to in the other direction and there's like three more people dressed as clowns and we look across the street and there's like a couple more people dressed as clowns and they started coming out of the shadows they started coming i'm not even kidding it got to the point there must have been 13 people dressed <laughs> up as clowns full clown makeup standing on the side of the road at 11 30 p.m in los angeles a place we did not know we were literally terrified like we had just been all we wanted all we wanted was to meet brian and michael we're <laughs> we're standing there we're like okay it's fine we'll just wait for them but when the clowns start coming out of the woodworks <laughs> wait, you know it's time to go it's time home. to go so we we looked around we like gave each other the look we're like is this really <laughs> there's just no fucking way and this happening. was also like at the time when all the hype about it was happening oh, i think yeah and yeah there had been all those videos of like clowns on the street and, and stuff. chasing you and Ch yeah. i was deathly afraid of clowns yeah me too <laughs> honestly i still am but yeah but that's another story that's a whole other thing <laughs> but it's like we're just standing there we're like oh my gosh absolutely not we we gave up it. we just booked it back to my car it was like across the street in this parking lot and we just booked it back to my car like oh ran across the street God. we got in the car and we we're like no absolutely not brian and michael <laughs> love you but i am not getting murdered by a clown for you and like the point is always be prepared for about 13 clowns to start coming out of the shadows you never know i sometimes forget that that happened to us i know that is such a weird thing it's why definitely a shared experience we'll never forget i feel like there's a name for those people but i don't know what it is i don't i we knew it at one point but i forget is it juggalo i think yeah is it <laughs> i don't know but that was i <laughs> Our 16 years old first time driving to LA we get freaking surrounded by 13 clowns <laughs> and we were it was even more terrifying because we were like the only ones left on the street at that yeah, point everyone just disappeared except for the clowns even that man who wanted to fist bump was nowhere to be found like was this a known fact everyone's like oh you got to get back in your car by 11 40 because the clowns come out <laughs> but like it would have been a different situation if we were on Hollywood Boulevard or something that's packed late. Yeah. But this venue was in this, it was the Terragram Ballroom. And it was in this place where I was, was like, it really? Yeah, it was. And I was like, I don't know. And I've been there before. 
I had never. But this been, hadn't happened like, to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, why is no one around except 13 clowns? Like, it's time to go. It's really time. It must be some sort of, like, sort of sign. Like, yeah. 13 clowns. <laughs> yeah it's just not cursed i think we were cursed (laughs) but yes so anyway we booked it back we're obviously we're okay but um yeah it's made me more wary of waiting for bands you know that was i don't do it anymore that was a moment where i was like okay something seriously bad could happen right now and this is like the scariest thing ever it's time to go it's not worth it at that point like exactly we'll meet them like when we actually meet them we gotta tell them we'll tell them this little tale (laughs) we'll all share a laugh we'll We'll share a laugh with tears streaming (laughs) (laughs) remembering the the paint i just saw joker like two days ago so was it good bro it was some people told me they thought it was terrible i've heard mixed reviews amazing see i was too scared to see it in theaters because when i went to go see a different movie there was a shooting threat oh my gosh for that movie so i was like i'm just gonna wait for it to you know so i can rent it or something (laughs) (laughs) oh for it to come out on amazon prime (laughs) (laughs) yeah because um i don't want to take any chances yeah yeah no that's like honestly terrifying my um little sister was supposed to go see it that night and then i saw that shooting threat come out on twitter i think and i sent it to her and i was like if you dare go go out of the house anywhere near that place i will personally come back from college and kick your ass yeah i got in the car and i like knew that there was a threat but i was like there's police there and my mom comes out like to like meet us at the car she goes um where are you going and i'm like <laughs> oh i'm fine and i get there and the police are like uh yeah we're closed and no one come in yeah so we did left. they really close off the whole thing oh the entire theater was closed we weren't even Dang. going to see that movie and like there was police and like the alleyways all in front of the theater like all around like the like complex and we were like okay we feel a little unsafe so we're gonna go get ice cream that's very valid (laughs) yeah (laughs) no that's terrifying honestly it's one of my worst fears but i'm so glad they took it seriously though yeah no that would be it feels almost i don't I wonder if other areas get as many shooting threats as our area does because literally when we Emily and I went to high school together and when we were in school we must have gotten like three or four threats and we had to go on lockdown. Yeah and it's like I'm just glad to take it seriously because like it's like one of those what if situations where it's like if it actually happened we were saying like we would be saying what if they took it more seriously so I'm just like really glad that and it's like you can it could be 10 times you get those threats and maybe only one of those times is like an actual threat but if you decide if it happens to be the 10th time and you're like oh it happened nine times and nothing happened we're fine it could be that 10th time like you never know yeah it's freaking terrifying and like now being out of high school, like there's a little less like urgency to like my fear because yeah, like that like it was so prevalent in the news and everything. But there's still shootings like, and we're still in school and we still get surrounded by clowns on yeah, the street. Yeah, you know that still happens. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm sure everyone has an experience like that, right? We're, when the we're clowns normal. come out, <laughs> that's happened to everyone, right? Literally, when we got back that night, I was like, did I really just hallucinate that, or like what? <laughs> what was happening like if you weren't there to be a second witness that that actually occurred was that a fever dream i'm like if i didn't have emily there i would think that i had made this up in my own head because yeah. it's so ridiculous yeah like retelling it i'm like oh my god that happened <laughs> that actually happened i know sometimes i think about you ever just have those moments where a random like memory pops into your head and you're like 
did that really happen? It's and kind of bizarre. why did I just block it out so intensely? <laughs> and I, I think I asked myself the same thing. But I survived stories. We yeah. survived clowns and Emily survived the possible shooting threat. And now we are going to talk about Sarah Brady. Okay. Are you we're ready? ready for her. We're ready. Okay. So Sarah Brady, she's from uh, Kentucky. She's from Covington, Kentucky. And she's... Back in 2005, um, she found herself in a situation where she actually was featured on the show, I Survived. Okay. However, we're going to go back a little bit before that to when she was in high school. So Sarah Brady was described by her friends as being a really smart person. She was uh, voted homecoming queen in her high school. Um, And she and her boyfriend, Scott, he was a senior while she was a junior. Um, And he actually already had a kid by the time that they were in high school together. And so they stayed together for an extremely long time after this. Like, it wasn't just high school sweethearts for them. Yeah. And basically, Scott's son became, like, Sarah's child. Like, she yeah. basically, but from the time she was 17, had a child. Yeah. Which is absolutely insane. But it, it really just shows the type of person that she was, that she was willing to take this kid in as her own, basically. Yeah. When she, she was still a kid. Basically raised it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they were together starting in her junior year of high school and then they were together for nine more years after that and they tried to conceive a child like many many times during that she ended Mm -hmm. up not going to college she took a job at a bank like a really stable job and he did landscaping and outdoor work and they wanted to her husband boyfriend's boyfriend but now husband his name is um scott so they were trying to have a child for a really long time but she was unable to conceive and then one day nine years later she was able to get pregnant and mm-hmm. um, she was obviously overjoyed because they'd been trying for a yeah. really, really long time. Yeah. So one of the things she did when she was about seven, eight months pregnant is that she applied for the Babies R Us baby registry, which is like a thing online that you can do if you're pregnant where you put um, like things you need for your pregnancy. Like if you want diapers or like a swing, things like that, you can yeah. put it online and people can go in and buy it for you and ship it to you mm-hmm. via Babies R Us, now other places, now that Toys R Us is dead as a doornail. Oh, (laughs) tragic. So, um, Katie was, or Katie, Sarah was six days overdue when Katie Smith called her. And Katie Smith told her, my name is Sarah Brody, and your items from the baby registry accidentally got shipped to my apartment because my name is Sarah Brody and your name is Sarah Brady. And like I said, Sarah Brody told Sarah Brady... (laughs) (laughs) so you see why i didn't i said katie smith that's her real name yeah that'll come into play later but just i'm gonna call her katie throughout this so we don't have to say sarah and sarah okay so katie had told sarah that her that she was also overdue um at this time like i said sarah was six days past her due date so both of them were nine months pregnant very very pregnant yeah um so it seemed so Sarah not wanting to take advantage of her kindness uh, in calling her and letting her know that she had the item said, I'll just drive down and come pick the stuff up. So Sarah Brady drove to Katie's apartment and she went in and she collected her items and Katie told her that she had lost her seats, but Sarah said it was fine because she recognized the items and knew they were hers. She grabbed her stuff and she drove back home. And when she went to tell her fiance about what happened, he said, oh, that seems kind of weird that that would happen like i didn't know that they could send it to the wrong address but sarah just kind of waved it off because everything seemed totally normal and she even told people that it just seemed like 
Katie Smith was this very lonely pregnant woman. She didn't see any sign of a husband or a boyfriend while she was there. So Mm -hmm. she really just felt bad for her. Yeah. But the next day, Katie Smith called Sarah again and said, hey, another one of your items got shipped to me. Ha ha. Sarah Brody, Sarah Brady. Yeah. And so Sarah was like, oh, okay, I'll just come pick it up right now. Like, no big deal at all. So she drove back over. She lived a couple towns away from her, also in Kentucky. And so she drove over to her and she stepped inside to pick up her items, you know? Yeah. So as soon as she stepped inside, she started to notice that something seemed different. About 15 minutes into being there, she noticed that things had kind of changed Uh, And one of the things that she noticed was that as she was walking out, Katie was like, oh, you're so nice to me. Let me give you a hug. And she was insisting on Sarah giving her a hug. And Sarah was like, no, you're kind of being weird. Yeah. And so she started pushing back on her and just like saying like, no, get away from me. And that's when she saw Katie Smith pull out a knife. What? Yes. So she pulls out a knife and she just starts to struggle. Um. Sarah's first instinct, like a total badass, was to reach up and smack the knife out of Katie's hand. Yeah. Which I'm like, I would never, I would literally never, ever be able to do that in my childhood. Like, smack a knife out of someone's hand? There's no way. I can barely, like, carry a thing of waters from the car to the kitchen. And she's pregnant. And she's nine months pregnant and overdue. I'm like, She said not today. (laughs) She said no, sister. (laughs) So, she smacks a knife out of her hand and... She even told she so she was on Good Morning America and on Oprah and she told on both those shows she talked about the fact that when Katie looked at her she just looked dead like in her eyes she said she could tell that there was like evil coming from her bad so, energy yeah bad energy <laughs> bad, bad if y'all didn't know Emily is a psychic so. oh yes it's true it's true I'm a psychic yes so basically she's Bonnie from the Vampire Diaries yes but um so she's they struggle for like twenty minutes they're fighting in this knife fight and. Katie Smith, she bites Sarah. She uh, slices her with a knife. She like punches her and she's getting all these cuts and bruises. But eventually Brady is able to run out into the hallway of the apartment, um, like outside the apartment. Yeah. And she tries to get out of the actual apartment door, but Katie had locked it. And then she started to drag her by her hair back into the apartment. <gasps> Yeah. Oh, God. In this interview that I saw, she said, I could feel her breathing on the back of my neck and she started dragging me back into her apartment. That is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That is so terrifying. I didn't think a pregnant woman could be that scary and like like that big of a threat. Like, yeah. What? Like, that's not something you would expect. Like from a story like that is one pregnant woman. Wait, she's pregnant, right? Or was she saying? We will she talk would. about that oh, more in a moment. Okay. <laughs> the story is unfolding right before <laughs> our eyes. So basically, she right, she starts dragging her back into the apartment, and um, Sarah talks about in this interview that I watched. She talks about I knew that if I went back into the apartment, I wasn't coming back out. So she saw that Katie had brought the knife back out with her out of the apartment. So when she tried. When she got her back near the door, she, uh, Katie started lunging at Sarah, trying to stab her. And Sarah was like, not today, sister. Grabs the knife by the blade <gasps> with her hand. She has this huge scar on her hand, but she grabs the knife w- with her hand, pulls it out of Katie's hand, and she stabs her in the shoulder. 
And then after she stabs her, Katie falls to the ground and Sarah runs out of the apartment with a knife in her hand. Nine months pregnant, she's covered in blood and she's running down the street next to Sarah's apartment oh or next to God. Katie's apartment, just yelling, help, help, somebody help. And so at the same time that Sarah has just escaped Katie Smith, Katie Smith grabs a phone, calls 911 and says, help, someone named Sarah just broke into my apartment and stabbed me. Oh, my God. So now Sarah has had allegations made against her by Katie Smith, which is so infuriating. That's so frustrating. Like, you bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what the? Okay. But was that in, like, broad daylight or, like? Yes. That's so terrifying. Imagine seeing a pregnant woman running down the street covered in blood holding a knife. Um, what a sight. I mean, anyone covered in blood holding a knife running down the street. But, but pregnant? it's even more upsetting yeah like oh my god i want to know why this bitch <laughs> would try to like what is her motivation and why this random lady like well i will tell you that in a moment I'm thinking ahead <laughs> but um so like i said katie smith calls 911 and sarah brady also called 911 and she actually didn't say anything she just said help 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 and obviously i've listened to the 911 call she's hysterical like she can't even form a sentence she's just outside of the apartment and they can tell obviously the police can tell it's coming from the same area mm -hmm. and she's just crying into the phone like help 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 well like oh my god that's terrifying like you listen to it yeah i, I listened to both 911 calls that's, that's like oh my god i can't that's terrifying yeah i think i would be more like inclined to believe someone who's like can't like physically can't form a sentence because they're so terrified than somebody who has a whole like somebody named sarah broke into my home <laughs> <laughs> like i oh my god that infuriates me but um so the police get there and they said that sarah brady was sitting on the curb outside of the apartment building just like rocking back and forth the knife in the grass her phone in her hand she was in complete shock she was crying couldn't form a sentence so the police took her um, had her taken to the hospital in an ambulance because she was in total shock. And then when they went inside, they saw Katie Smith lying on the ground, but uh, she didn't appear to be pregnant, which was strange because when they looked around the whole apartment, they saw things like a crib, diapers, formula, a whole nursery had been set up in her apartment. Like it looked, her apartment looked like somebody that was expecting an infant, like a child yeah. to be born. But they were confused because they knew that Sarah Brady was pregnant, but they didn't know that Katie Smith was pregnant. She yeah. didn't appear to be. So something, another horrific, traumatic thing is that both, so both these women get taken to the hospital. The police have no idea that's going on. All they know is that they have two women who were clearly assaulting each other and both have been cut with a knife stab one stabbed and they just have to piece together like what happened here mm -hmm. and so sarah brady is in the hospital literally like seven days past her due date okay and she's sitting there and she is like recovering from all the shock and stress and right after she gets released from the hospital she gets taken to the police station because katie smith died in the hospital because when sarah had stabbed her in the shoulder it severed one of her major arteries and she bled out oh so now sarah is nine months pregnant just been attacked with a knife and killed someone dude that's insane honestly 
I don't feel that bad for Katie, but (laughs) good riddance. But like, that's so insane. Yeah. It's like, you're already like so hormonal as a pregnant woman. You're going through a ton all by itself. And then you were attacked. You like killed someone out of defense. And then like, you're about to have your baby. Like it's stressful. It's insane. Like all in a matter of like a couple days. Yeah. Like two days. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, so she gets taken to the police, and she's questioned in a series of interviews. She has to take a lie detector test. Basically, she just tells the story I just told you. She tells it several times. Like, the police talk about the fact that she was in consecutive interview after interview, just telling her story, mm-hmm. everything that happened. And when they started questioning her, they were like, so how did you know Katie Smith? She was like, Katie Smith? She told me her name was Sarah Brody. And then she she was like, yeah, I met her on the baby registry. And they were like, baby registry. She's like, yeah, she was pregnant. How didn't you see? She was like bigger than I was. And then they were like, she wasn't pregnant. Oh, my. She's and wearing like one of those pre- like pregnancy pads? Yes. She was Will Schuster's wife? And that's when <laughs> <laughs> Glee references. <laughs> But that's when um, everything kind of started to fall into place in Sarah Brady's mind is because while they were questioning her and she was telling her story, police went into Katie Smith's apartment and looked through everything. And among other things, besides all the stuff like the formula, the crib, the diapers, all that stuff, they found a pregnancy belly tucked up in one of her closets with a blood stain on it which showed that she had been stabbed while she was wearing it. And then right after she was stabbed, before she made the 911 call, she took off the pregnancy belly and put it in a closet because then her allegations against Sarah would be that much more believable, you know? Yeah. So she put that away, but police luckily were able to find it and tell that she had indeed been faking a pregnancy for several months. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her neighbors confirmed they'd seen her walking in and out of the apartment for months pregnant like she had acted this thing out to full term and among other things they also found a diaper bag and in the diaper bag they found scissors they found um, tools for slicing they found something that would be used to clip off an umbilical cord and tarps and surgical gloves and everything basically pointed to the fact that she had been planning on forcing a c-section on sarah brady and stealing her baby and claiming it was her own oh my god yeah what how did she choose her like so the way that she was able to choose her was actually because she found her living only a few miles away from her on the baby registry so she just like oh let me just say my name's sarah brody yeah and there was actually evidence that pointed to the fact that she'd probably tried to do this with two other women before sarah that is such a random way to get a baby yeah so um going into like katie smith and why she did this um at the time that she did this she was only 22 years old 22 when she died and so she was a very disturbed individual her entire family thought that she was pregnant and uh they actually after they heard that she had been killed by sarah they alleged that katie told them she was going to buy Sarah's baby for $5,000 that Sarah was trying to sell her baby. Which which she obviously was like, uh, I've been trying to have a baby for like five years. Why would I sell my baby? But now she has these charges, even though Katie's dead, the 911 phone call alleges that she had, um, break broken in to 
Katie's house that she had killed her um, and that it was a homicide and then also that she was going to sell her baby. Yeah. So now she has these three allegations against her. So besides being nine months pregnant and having wounds and having killed someone, now she also has to go to court because she has these um, allegations against her made by Katie Smith. But obviously her family had no idea that she wasn't pregnant when they initially told. So she was like building up this lie. Like she was lying to everybody. And so when police looked further into Katie Smith's background, they found that in middle school, Katie repeatedly told people that she was pregnant and made stories up about it. Like she was basically a pathological liar and she'd been saying she was pregnant and had this obsession with being a mother and having babies since she was in middle school. So she just like acted out a lie. Like yeah. she wanted to believe it was true. So she wanted to make it true. But like in the most sadistic way. Yeah. Like so she created she had this pregnancy belly and she basically carried out this lie for nine months. And then the, at the end of the nine, presumably for attention. And then at the end of the nine months, she realized I don't have a baby. This is what honestly, am I going to do? And this was not the insane. first time in her adult life that she'd pretended to be pregnant. She'd done it other times and she'd told people, oh, I had twins and had a miscarriage or I delivered a stillborn like several so, times before this. So messed up. Like, yeah, she's a pathological liar. Like, and that's in, that's just so messed up to lie about. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with her? So in um, her father, actually, Timothy Smith, in 2001, she testified against him uh, that he had sexually abused her when she was a child and her mother and her sisters both testified on behalf of her father saying that wasn't true but she managed to convince the whole court actually that he indeed had sexually abused her when she was a child and so he was sentenced to 20 years in prison and so based on that authorities kind of guessed that she wanted a baby so badly because one, she wanted the attention from people around her and two, because she wanted something that would love her unconditionally because she felt like her mother, sisters, and father had all betrayed her. That's, oh my, I, I'm like trying to think like, is was that just another one of her lies or what did she, was she so messed up that nobody believed her that she wanted, like that she would act out something? Well, after this case, actually, her father was released from prison five years after he had been put away because they thought that based on the new evidence that Katie Smith did indeed have a mental illness, that it was very possible that she'd been lying. So she probably lied about that too. But no one knows for sure. And it's an interesting situation because either one, this all stemmed from the fact that she had a mental illness and it caused her to one, put her father in jail for five years and two, try to kill someone or her trauma and her past from sexual abuse created this situation where she wanted a baby so badly she was willing to literally surgically cut open a nine-month-old pregnant woman and take the baby. I could see it either way because, like, either she was just, like, messed up from the start. Like, this was, like, just, like, a mental illness. Like, there's nothing, like, that caused it. It was, you know, or it was born from trauma. Like, I could see it stemming from either thing and, like but there's like no way to tell and she even um she would carry around another crazy thing that like helped her sustain her lie i guess is that she would carry around a picture of these two twins from an ultrasound and she would say oh this is my ultrasound but it was from somebody else's yeah that that makes me feel like she was just a pathological lie from the start and like yeah and like everything was a lie 
I mean, it is a really crazy situation because there, I mean, there are such a thing as like a false pregnancy where you really believe that you're pregnant, but you end up not actually being pregnant. But this does not seem like one of those cases because she went to, first of all, she'd done this in the past in middle school and even in her adult life, she'd done this before, but also because she would go to such extreme lengths, like to have a baby. You know, like Mm -hmm. she would go to such extreme lengths as to almost kill someone because and like she clearly was planning on it for a long time. Like it's not that she thought she was going to have a baby. It seems like she knew she wasn't going to have a baby and she needed to acquire one. Yeah. And that was like the plan from the start. Yeah. And that's what like. And it's even creepier when you think about the fact that she'd been planning this all along. Like all the stuff she had in her house was because she knew she was going to murder someone. That's like. Yeah. I. That's insane because she, that that was the plan from the start was that she was going to go to that length to get the baby. It wasn't like, I thought that I was going to have a baby and like, I'm, I'm desperate. It was like, I'm going to plan this whole thing out and I think it'll work. Like, no, it's deeply disturbing for sure. Like it wasn't like just out of like nowhere, like out of desperation. It was like carefully thought out and maybe even attempted with two other people like, and it was long term like she had pregnancy pads she knew that that would be the outcome at the end it wasn't just i want a baby now i'm gonna you know and she told her entire to family her. she had a baby shower like not even being pregnant it was like just planned out like so thoroughly it's like disturbing yeah. and i wonder too like what would she have done when she actually had the baby how does someone who murders someone else yeah what how do they done? treat their baby you know, it's like a weird situation in general. Yeah. Like, what would she have done when she actually had the baby and couldn't get attention anymore? Because pregnant women get more attention than moms, I would say. For like, sure. a lot of people are moms or, like, you know, are friends with people who are moms. Everyone has one. So, yeah. it's just like, how do you get attention after that it leads me to believe that there could have been worse situations if she had ended up actually being able to take the baby and also this could so easily be tracked back to her because yeah she would be killing someone taking her kid and her husband knew where she was going and yep like like i would assume like they would have a way to get back to her address and like well actually this second time i don't think her husband knew where she was going well i think like he knew she went there in the first place like at one point so he could maybe he could have put two and two together like it could have been traced back to her easily and his kid like his like wife and kid are like like, baby missing she has a baby like it could just totally be easily debunked and the fact that like no one sees her going to the hospital her family doesn't see any pictures no one like she just one day has a baby that's what that's why i don't think it's like like i just think it was dumb like she, like wasn't she was thinking, in a crazed state yeah almost. she was yeah exactly it wasn't like carefully like like th- like you know planned out so like it wasn't planned out well it was more like it was brought on by a craze and, your like, darn planning skills come on katie <laughs> <laughs> but um actually sarah brady ended up having her daughter michaela brady in the hospital not the hospital she was planning because it was completely overrun by media but um, a few weeks after this whole incident happened, she had her baby, um, Michaela Brady, and she talks about the fact that it was horrible. She had a security guard stationed outside her door the entire time. Like, her entire experience of giving birth was just completely like, um, tainted. infiltrated yeah, yeah. By, this, by this situation because at the time, she was on trial for murder. 
Yeah, and like the birth of your for the first child that you've ever like given birth to, like that yeah. should be a moment you'll remember forever and in a good light and not in a negative light. And even the tax on the rest of her family, like her husband, it's he his wife is about to have a kid and now she's in jail. Yeah. Like that's this awful. Yeah, Katie. I hate Katie. <laughs> <laughs> but um luckily, even though it took over a year for the police to finish their investigation, over a year later, her case was presented in front of a jury and she talks about being absolutely terrified going into it because she was so worried she would get sent to prison for something that was clearly self-defense. But in the end, they decided to absolve her of all charges related to the murder because she had been clearly acting in self-defense and right. she was talked about just being relieved when everything was over. She was her name was cleared. She was not considered a murderer. She was not charged for anything at all. And it was the first time that she could actually sit down and focus on the fact that she had a family mm -hmm. and she could put this all in the past behind her and start to heal from it. And that is the amazing, very strong story of the badass Sarah Brady, who defended herself against a woman trying to cut her up and steal her baby. I honestly love her. Like, yeah, what an icon. Props her for, like, grabbing that knife, stabbing in the shoulder. That was what led to her, like, escape. Like, that was, like... Otherwise, she probably would have died. Yeah. And, and like, her baby. It's like you have this, like, instinctive feeling, like, if I went back in there, like, I'm not coming out. Like, so she did what she had to do to get her, her and her baby out of there. Yeah, she even said in some interviews that, like, if you have an instinct, listen to it. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I like you just know like your survival instincts know better like yeah trust them okay now it is time that we've just we've finished discussing this case it's it's time for my favorite segment on this show happy things so we've just talked about some pretty horrible stuff. We've talked about baby murder and yes, other things. Yes. And now it's time to focus on the positive in life. So we're just going to say one good thing that's happened in our week or that will be happening in our next week and just kind of dwell on that for a moment. In business, in broadcast journalism, we call this the kicker. <laughs> so Emily, would you like to start? I would. Um, my happy thing is that Mr. Harry Styles announced his second album um for december 13th yeah uh, we've been waiting how many years two and a half two, yeah two and emma and i we listened to the first album together yes we did one night and it was magical and we listened to the single together and we went to the concert together we did we went to both concerts yeah we went to one in September and one the next July. Yes, we did. So Harry Styles is like our thing. Yeah. And I, you best believe we're planning on listening to the second album together. And we are very, very excited. Oh, we're for so excited. Do you know who you are? Dude, we like the night that that came out, we got like like an hour before it came out. He announced it and I called Emma up. She came over. We got snacks. We got ice cream. And then we came back and watched the music video. It's pretty magical. It was it was a, it was a magical night. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very excited for the next piece of this journey. Fine line is what yes, it's called. Yes. So um, my happy thing for this week is probably just that like school's been pretty good. I have a pretty chill week this week and it's been fairly busy the rest of the week so i think i'm just excited for relaxation and having a good 
week i love overall. that i love that. you know sometimes you just got to be happy for the general yes. oh also of course i'm very excited for harry's album oh who isn't december 13th baby oh i can't wait and i'm also excited because emily and i are starting a podcast this summer oh and i'm very excited because we're kind of in the planning stages of it right now I'm gonna start recording hopefully soon get some episodes ready for you guys so it's gonna be a very interesting thing but that's i can't really talk about that that much right now i'm so excited though <laughs> it's gonna be, but it's gonna be great it's gonna be great so i think we're gonna end the episode right there thank you guys so so much for listening this week i know this was actually a more positive story than some of the other ones we talked about believe it or not because we have a survivor on our hands ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so thank you guys so so much for listening to this episode if you want to contribute to the podcast you can go ahead and find us on patreon.com slash horrible things or you can go to apple podcasts and leave a rate and review for the horrible things podcast you can also find us on all forms of social media at horrible things podcast but most importantly just make sure to share these episodes on your instagram story with your friends and family tell people how much you like it because that is the way that this podcast gets to more people but overall just thank you guys so much for listening and remember don't try to steal other people's babies and bitch grab that knife (laughs) and most importantly don't do horrible things (laughs) 